Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Sometimes the law is not enough. Did you file the subpoena in the McPherson case? No, it wasn't urgent. I filed an AO440. AO440? I know, I know. So I went shopping for these loafers. Has anyone got a stapler? I've got a lot of forms, and there's a slight reason here. Law, because paperwork is dramatic. Catch it Thursdays on Weasel before it catches you. Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Thursday. And oh boy, it's a great day to be us. And by us, I mean me, the greatest man who's ever lived. You're light bright. No, no, that's not, that's that's wrong. You're funky. Oh, he, he did it backwards. He's about to tell me I was the greatest man that ever lived. Woo! It's about to be the day. It's about to be no. the day. No, what it was was I was going to take credit for all your stuff, and then I'd be like, oh, and also it's just I guess Eric and here. me. Yeah, Eric's here. I am the best, and I'm the light bringer, light bearer. Jeez, oh, please, man, it's all over for me. <laughs> but I'm the greatest man who's ever lived. I'm your funky leader. It's me. It's Matt. With me as always, the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer the beast master. Third shift. It's Eric, fresh from the tire store, all awash in good feelings and good times, as I am too. Mm-hmm. And we're here to tell you how this week has been, even though it's been a short week, because we're recording early, because Thanksgiving's coming up. But Eric, what you been up to? What you been doing? How's this week been? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Let me tell you. All right. So I'll leave one thing for last because you'll probably jump in since it's the same thing you've got on one of your items. And I'll start with Persona 5 Tactica. Came in, was available. I hopped in. I couldn't resist. Uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't going to happen. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's so much fun. It's right back in the Persona 5 world. Having a great time. All the cast, all the characters, they're all there. And of course, I bought that DLC, which. I didn't know anything about it or what how it works, but apparently you can either do it before or after. It doesn't really matter because no matter what you do, you can't have them until New Game Plus in your partner. You know, from what I hear, I've tried to confirm it. I went to different you know Reddits and this and that. So from what I've learned and gained, garnered or whatever, Kasumi and Akechi are just not playable until post game. In the in, you know the main game. However, beforehand or after, like I just said, you can go do their own little sub DLC missions. I didn't touch it. I didn't try it because I was still trying to figure out like where that all went and should I do it before, should I do it after. But anyways, I played the main game, got in there, was having such a good time, got just engrossed in it, started doing some of the combat missions and learning about how this tactical game plays and what they expect of you and, and whatnot. So far, it all seems pretty basic, pretty legit. Uh, the the fact of you getting into those triangles and then doing those big multi-attacks is like a huge thing. And, of course, getting them out in the open, out of cover, seems to be a big deal. But that's all, you know, crazy semantics. I'm just, I think the game so far is fun. I'm not too far into it, but I had a blast. And then I went, nope, put it down, Eric. Put it down. You cannot touch this right now. You, you're not going to get absorbed into it and waste a bunch of time. Go finish Alan Wake 2. Get your butt back in there. And I did gladly. This game, once again, is a game that just always draws me in, keeps me coming back. I can't wait. Even on the difficult times where stuff's going haywire and wacky, I'm like, let's get back to it. We gotta finish this. Sure enough, eh, I finished it. I beat the game. Nice. It was such a good time. Music, absolutely fantastic. How it plays out, Absolutely bonkers, absolutely awesome, but the ending, I am so pissed off by. 
It is just, God. And it only pisses me off for one reason. And that's going to be so long till we get Alan Wake 3. Because obviously they're going to have, you. they've already announced that they're working on Control 2. So you're you're talking three four years before Control Two hits. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Back oh, the truck oh up. Back the truck up. Oh, and another one. It. Yeah, you're right. Max Payne Two is first. Then there's Control Two. Mm-hmm. Max Payne One and Two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the remas- remakes or whatever. Then Control Two. Then Alan Wake Three. Yeah. So you're talking at least eight to nine, ten years before we have a chance of seeing Alan Wake Three. And I so badly, <sighs> the way it ends. You're gonna be pissed. There's just no, there's you're gonna be pissed, pissed. But it was so fun. It was so fun getting to that moment and getting to where the ending is. But holy moly, mm. why'd you Man. have to say that? Why'd you have to add that that second part? You should just end. You're gonna be so pissed, and I would be like, oh, guess I don't need to play it. No, then. no, no. And you'd go, you you'd need go, to no, play. No, no, no. You need to play it. And I go, amazing. nope. Guess not. Ah, ha ha ha. This isn't even a bit for the show. I'm just All gonna play the other game things. Is a roller coaster of greatness <laughs> all the way through. Such a fun time. It's just the way it goes down. It makes perfect sense for Remedy. It makes perfect sense for the world. But you're gonna be like, I guarantee you, you're gonna say what, what the, you're gonna say it. And I did, and I sat there, and I even started Googling. Did I screw up? Where did I screw up at? What did I do wrong in this game? Because it had to be, right? It had to be. I, I did something wrong. How do you get the true ending to Alan Wake 2? No. No, that's – they ended it that way. They did it. So, man, what a good ride. But I'm just I'm just upset because now I've got 10 years before – I get to figure, I'm probably going to be dead. I'm probably never going to know the rest of this story. So it was great knowing you, Alan Wake, Saga, Casey. You guys are awesome, man. I uh, wish you the best. I hope hope however the story ends up, it's fantastic. really do. So with that being said, the last thing I did this week was, of course, got my hands more on the PlayStation Portal. Not only did I play some games on it, but I went, well, let's test this. So I went to my buddy Brent's house. They had a whole shindig over there. Logged on the internet. Had my uh, PS5 in rest mode. Popped it on. Man, Matt, sure enough. I was playing Tales of Arise DLC. Not a single flaw. Hell yeah, Just nice. beautiful, perfect on that screen. Just sat there for 12, 20 minutes. Just going into battles, talking to people, doing the thing. Worked like a charm. Just like I was back home. Nice. Then I went, okay, you know, I'm at a party. Obviously, I'm not here to play my game. Just want to test it for the show. So, boop, boop. Hey, Eric, go ahead and, go ahead and turn that PlayStation 5 right on and off. Boom, done. PlayStation 5 over here, off. Everything's off. Portal's off. Went away, walked away, no problem. And, of course, I played it here, you know, just upstairs. No issues. Had a great time. Felt great. Feels wonderful. I already talked about the sticks being weird and a little bit wonky. But other than that, so far, I love this thing. It's great. I can't recommend enough for uh, you know people like us who want to just be in a different spot than their station all the time to do their PS gaming, or especially for me who wants to make sure I try to balance life a little bit more, you know, be able to go up and do what I got to do. What a wonderful, cool device. Very glad I got it. What about you, Matt? I got one. I got one big. Big old fat chunky bit of beef with you, Eric. Uh-oh. That's because you said, "Oh, the sticks are a little wonky," and I said, "Okay," and, That's true. and I said, "How so?" In real life, and you said it on the podcast too. Mm-hmm. And he went, "Oh, you just gotta like 
they're like a little different. And you got to like have your finger a little different. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so they're like down a little bit or over a little bit or over or up. No, they're like micro-sized. Mm-hmm. They're the smallest thumbsticks I've ever seen in my entire life, which is weird because if you hold, if you grab your dual sense and you put them right next to it, it's not that much different, Mm-mm. but it is very different. It feels so weird and so strange. I'm only mad at you because you didn't emphasize that enough. Just, that it is yeah, completely bizarro, strangeoid world here. I sent you the Ben Stiller meme because when I pulled it out, mm-hmm. I went, all right, cool. And I looked and I went, what is this? Thumbsticks for ants? Mm-hmm. What is this? <laughs> you do get used to it. I will say that because I've played it here at my house, just around, like, like I said, went on the bed, belly down, feet kicking, toes wiggling. Played perfectly. My only problem was remembering to actually have to turn on the PlayStation 5 here before I went there, because I usually don't put it in rest mode. It's usually off. Yeah, same here. So once I got that up, it was fine. And I think we have pretty good internet here. I don't know that it's the best, but every review I see, it's people saying, oh, I got like 9 million gig internet, and it's still stuttering and sputtering and fluttering, and there's lag everywhere. And I'm like, what? Whatever I have, I guarantee I don't have content creator, you know, YouTube man internet, because he even brags about how cool his internet is, and it doesn't doesn't work for him. But I have every man internet, and it works great. Now, granted, I'm not playing like Street Fighter Six or Call of Duty or freaking whatever. I played some Yakuza Like a Dragon on it, and it played great. I mean, maybe there was like a the teeniest amount of of input delay, but it's something that your brain just goes whoop. You know, you you look at it for a half a second and go, okay, mm-hmm. and then all the combos are flowing just fine. You know, Lucky Dragon is a slow game, but in combat it's not. It's a pretty quick brawler-type game. So I don't know. I'm loving it. <laughs> One of the things I love the most about it is yeah, I played Like a Dragon on this nice, big 1440p, you know, 144 hertz monitor. Yeah, it looks great. But I must not have the color settings like quite right, perfect, or because it's a matte screen and the PlayStation Portal is a gloss screen, all the colors pop like nobody's business on the Portal. Like walking around Sotenbori, I was like, "This is a whole new. It's like a whole new world here. It looks like not at all like what I've been playing. It looks amazing." And then, like I said, it played a really fun. Especially once I got used to the small analog sticks. It doesn't really matter. It just is an initial learning curve, I guess, is what I'd say. Or adjustment period. Not learning curve. They're analog sticks. You push them and your guy moves. But I'm loving it. It's great. I have yet to take it to mom's to test out because her internet is kind of hinky a little bit sometimes. So we'll see how that works. But so far, just around the house for what I wanted it for, it's great. I love it. Yeah, I agree. All in all, I already told you that Alan Wake 2, when I was in my basement where the internet router doesn't quite reach it was a little there's a little bit of tear in the screen and whatnot so uh but i played uh persona 5 tactica all over the place didn't have any issues obviously i just told you tales of rise no problems so for sure any of your single player games i think this thing's going to work perfectly for something that has a lot of heavy lifting heavy duty load make sure you've got a very secure solid connection and if you're going to of course try like the online multiplayer stuff same thing but I would recommend probably not bothering with playing Call of Duties. Even though I do hear some people are trying it out and saying it's not too bad, I just wouldn't do it if I were you. It's not going to be the experience you're going to get on your console unless you don't care and you're just having a good time. 
or you're playing single player or something like zombies where it's a co-op anyway. Yeah, that's fine. But if you're like Johnny Twitch Jones who wants to get, you know, 900 KDA or whatever. Yeah, there is going to be some lag. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. I mostly play single player stuff anyway. Or playing like theater rhythm in the bedroom with some nice headphones in. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fantastic. And that was it for me. That's my week. That's all I did. And if I did anything else, I don't remember because, you know, I got bronchitis. You know what I mean? What about you, Matt? And for me, it was a week of all kinds of good stuff. First off on Saturday. No, wait. Was it Friday that was first off? Yeah, it was Friday was first off. Over at the Wharton Center, they had Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone live in concert, meaning that the Lansing Symphony Orchestra was underneath the big screen and playing all the music in time with the movie, and it was great. By which I mean the music was great. Because this is the first time actually seeing that movie all the way through, and I'm surprised that I think if it was ba- if it wasn't based on such a successful book series, I don't know that people would have stuck with it because maybe it's just a me outsider perspective. But man, some of those kids, especially the ones who went on to become like legit actors, they're like so terrible. And then it cuts to like Ron who has all the fun lines. Oh hey, he's actually pretty good. When it would go to Alan Rickman as Snape or any of the other adult actors who were famous from all the other things too, I just went ah, acting. Amazing. But the experience overall was great. Having a film score played at you while the film is going on, it's wonderful. I've done, I think, one other before, which was Singing in the Rain years and years ago, probably before COVID and all that stuff. So if you have a chance to see something like this come through town and you got a good symphony orchestra in your town, definitely check it out because it was a lot of fun, ton of fun. Very next day, going from classical music to pro wrestling, AW Full Gear pay-per-view on saturday night beautiful amazing and i gotta say the texas death match was the biggest spectacle i've ever seen and i've seen some spectacles some other death matches they've done here in aew and elsewhere this was like top of the charts and it was great because it fit it was a blood feud between two guys it was brutal. It was bloody. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. It was great. And then I go on Twitter the next day and everyone goes, oh, this is terrible. This is revolting. Oh my God, this isn't wrestling. Like, it's not wrestling. It's a fight. This is a death match. This is a blood feud. It was wonderful. Oh boy, I could talk about that all day long. Wonderful match. And then on Monday, last night as we were recording this, I went out to Grand Rapids to Monday Night Raw and had a great sports entertainment spectacle time Front row, slapping hands with people as they're done with their matches. Shinsuke Nakamura, one of my favorites, he did this like fall against the barricade and like posed. He was right there. His arm was all up on me. I went, yeah, this is it. This is cool. A wonderful time. A great time. I could talk about wrestling all day, but I won't because I'll talk about video games. Played Spider-Man 2, got in a five-hour stream of it over the weekend. The game's so good. The game's so good. So many cool things happened in that stream. Uh, things I can't talk about because I don't want to spoil it, but oh boy. And then the place that it left off at, it's wonderful. It's looking out over the city that looks like that. Hmm. Amazing. Great. But I am terrified that I am like one story mission away from being done. And I don't want to be done. I even went into the trophy list and went, okay, I'm going to 100% complete this. What stuff can I do in this open world off stream? Uh, You have two side quests to do which are inaccessible right now, and then like one traversal thing, and that's it, and then you're done. (sighs) I don't want to be done. I want to be in this game forever. I don't want to be done, but I'm almost done. 
another game that I am fully done with now, Like a Dragon Guide and the Man Who Erased His Name. I finished that tonight, like 30 minutes before we got on this podcast to start recording it. And as much as I had issues with the first bit of it, the ending just took it home. It finally tied fully into Yaxa Like a Dragon, the events there, seeing why people were certain places, and then what they did when they left the place in that game. Oh, the ending, shirts were ripped off, tattoos were exposed, there were topless fist fights, and they were amazing. It was everything you wanted in a Yakuza game. And then the ending, like the ending cutscenes and things, people had talked about it being super emotional, like the most heavy emotional scene they've seen in a Yakuza game. They're right. I cried too. It was amazing. It was incredible. It was awesome. So it's all wrapped up. The only thing I have left to do is go and play the demo for Infinite Wealth, which is still in that game there. So I do have to do that. But otherwise, I'm done. I did a ton of side stuff. I got like 20-some hours out of this game. It was a blast overall. And, oh, man, I, I'll, I'll talk more about it on the Watch Plan because I'm already running long and stuff. And then that's it? Is that the only thing? I, that's all I did this week. I'm going to say that's all I did. It was a big, long week of good stuff for me. God bless. Well, you know, you did things. I did things. We are going into Turkey Day. I got a half day tomorrow, and I'm driving down to Ohio, and I'm going to eat turkey. I'm going to eat ham. I'm going to have all the good stuff. It's going to be glorious, man. I can't wait. Mom just texted me tonight, right as we got on this podcast, saying, oh, I brought up the pan for the turkey. I got up the stuff to mix up the stuffing and all the things tomorrow, because she usually does a cooking day, and then we kind of heat up some pieces, and, you know, the turkey cooks in the oven that day. I can't wait. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays, my favorite foods, my favorite leftovers to have for like four weeks straight. It's so good. It's so amazing. And it always does because it's not a major holiday, but it feels like it came out of nowhere because mm-hmm. we've been distracted with games. We've been distracted with real life issues, health, injuries, whatever, sadness going on. And now, boom, boom. here comes my favorite holiday. Yep. Here comes the num-nums. Let's get to sit and eat, and then watch some football and fall asleep, and then get up, watch football, and eat, and then go home and sadly have to come into work on Friday, but come into work with a big old Rubbermaid container of leftovers and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. eat. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. And all you listeners out there, enjoy it. If you're an American listener and you get your Thanksgiving, enjoy it. If you're a Canadian listener, you already had yours, so remember the good times you had with that. Spend time with your family. Spend time with your friends. If you don't have family or friends, spend time for you. Or if you're working that day, spend time for you afterwards and play a great video game or watch a great movie. Do something good for yourself, you know? That's right. And if hell, maybe you like the people you work with. Maybe have Thanksgiving with them. Maybe have a good time with them. That's an idea. It ain't too late. You can get to work tomorrow and you can tell everybody, hey, 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 let's do this thing and make it happen. But most of all, as Matt said, just go out and enjoy a day of relaxation, eating some good chow, whatever you like. It doesn't even have to be turkey if that's not not your jam. Whatever you want. Just enjoy it. Be thankful. You know the deal. Get out there and do it. And, of course, as always, you know we're all thankful for y'all out there that have listened and hung out with us all this time over all these years. And if you're new, we're thankful that you came here. We're thankful that you found us. Y'all are awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us all this time. We really do appreciate you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to every single one of you who've listened, who've sent in a mailbag question, who've joined me on the streams, especially those of you on Patreon who are making it possible for us to do this for you all the time. And just thank you to anyone and everyone, all my family, all my friends, all Eric's family, all his friends, anybody who's hearing this, I'm thankful for you, even if I don't know you. And with that, I would say there's nothing else to say, but don't forget to say it. But there is something else for you guys to listen to because it's part two of the Game Awards nominations, recap and repicks and all the, all the other special things that we do. You heard part one last week. Part two is coming up this week after the break. So go get to it. Yeah, we just let it go. Let's go eat some turkey. They'll listen to the rest. We're going to have a great time. Hell yeah. See you guys next time. We out. Out. And I want to be a winner. You know, winners get to eat chicken dinners, Matt, and that's what I want. I want a big old chicken dinner with my family, just like the best family game, Matt. Disney Illusion Island, Party Animals, Pikmin 4, Sonic Superstars, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder are your nominees of this year for best family game. What have you got, Matt? What have you got for me? Do you know anything about these... You know, as a family man, I can tell you the one that my family mm-hmm. loves the most. Loves the most. Is none of these games. I've played none of these games yet. I had to do a quick Google because if this Disney game was the Disney game I was thinking of, which was, I think it's Fantasy Island or whatever, where you're running around and meeting the characters and stuff, that would have gotten my vote. But no, this is the weird cartoony, like long, loose cartoony version, which I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. So I guess I will say... Super Mario Bros. Wonder, for the reasons that I talked about in the multiplayer, because you can play it with your wife and kids, and you can set them up, and you can help them out, and all that stuff. I guess it gets my vote. But this is one I shrug my shoulders on. Even as the most family man on this podcast, I I, I can't tell you. I can tell you it's an easy win. Super Mario Bros. Wonder, you had it right, Matt. You picked a good choice. You got the winning vote. Yeah. It's for sure picking it up here. It's going to get some props. You can play with your family just like you talked about. You can play with friends. You can have such a great time with this game. It's known all around the world. Every kid, every adult knows Mario Brothers. I feel like it just is a a shoe-in. It's a shoe-in this year for a win. Definitely getting it. See, we didn't have to fight about that one, but you might have to fight in the best fighting game because the nominees are God of Rock, Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, Pocket Bravery, and Street Fighter 6. I have no idea what Pocket Bravery is. I saw some key art from God of Rock, and it got me interested. Is this like a rhythm fighting game? I have no idea. But Street Fighter Six absolutely wipes the floor with any of these, because it's freaking amazing. Even if you aren't into multiplayer, the World Tour mode, it's a ton of fun. And if you're not an expert in Street Fighter, it has the modern control system, so you can pull off combos with just a direction and a button press. So if you die hard into it, turn all that crap off, play it super hardcore, get into ranked mode, lose your freaking mind playing against these people and doing insane combos. I just watched some dude on on Twitter just the other day doing like 100% combos on other people. It was insanity. And if you're not into that try hard, die hard stuff, you can have a great time with it. I'm a scrub at Street Fighter. I had a ball playing it. It was amazing. It was fun. That should win. Other games, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, people were loving that. I don't think that's going to have legs. Mortal Kombat 1, I haven't heard people talk about it since it launched. Not in a bad way. I'm, you know what I'm, you, you know what I'm saying. But Street Fighter Six, you got to take it. It's Street Fighter. It's the best. It's the awesomest Street Fighter. Well, I'm going to diverge from you here, and not because I think you're wrong per se. My gut tells me it's going to be Street Fighter Six just because of how amazing it was when it launched and, and all the hype and and wows it got. But Mortal Kombat One has numbers. Mortal Kombat One just always sells 
a billion times better than street fighters do period that's just the way it goes so just to diverge to make sure it's a little spicy and we can you know figure out who's gonna win i'm gonna go with mortal kombat one this year and say it's gonna be that silent hit you know yeah they didn't get all the talks and all the accolades like street fighter did but at the end of the day i just think more people play and like mortal kombat than they do street fighter so i'm picking mortal kombat one and we're going to go ahead and duke it out, Matt. Those numbers are going to tell a story at the end of the day, boy. Woo! And while they're telling that story, I'm going to tell another story in the best RPG. And you've got Boulder's Gate 3, Matt, coming at you. Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. Where are we at with this? What are you thinking? First of all, and I know you'll agree with this, Lies of P, get out of here. Get out of here. You're not an RPG. Like, I understand. Sure, Dark Souls is coming here. Yes, you do have statues. You do have upgrades. Get out of here. You're not an RPG. For my own self, Sea of Stars, I'm sorry. You have to get out of here. You know what I'm picking because we talked about it off air. Starfield needs more love later, and I'll talk about that later, I guess. But it got snubbed for everything else except for this one category. So just because of that, I have to pick Starfield. Not to mention the fact that it's so expansive, and even like side stories and main quests, you can do and respond in so many different ways to so many different things. You can play a role in this game like you can not in so many other games. Clive is always going to be Clive. He's always going to want to do those things. In Starfield, if you don't like this whole quest line, this whole team, if you don't like Constellation, you don't have to do anything with them. You can shoot them. You can blow them up. You can be a pirate. You can be a law-abiding person. When you choose your background and choose your traits and you go to places that those affect, you can have all kinds of different dialogues in all kinds of different flavors. You can be the neon street rat that doesn't appreciate the authority and, and tries to wreck it, who tries to deal the drugs, who can side with these things because he knows because he's been a street rat how dirty things can get on the bottom. Starfield is a great game. It deserves way more props than just this one category. But just because it's in this one and it's a great RPG... It gets my vote here. It's, I'm not even that guy, but Starfield needs more love. It gets love right here from me. I'm torn, man. I'm very torn in this section. Uh, as usual, I, I disagree with some of the picks in here. Now, we we threw out Lies of P immediately because it doesn't belong here. It's a great game. Don't get me wrong. I played it. It was fun. I, I hope to keep playing it and get back on there and do it. But people brought up a good point. Final Fantasy 16 isn't really an RPG in the classical sense anymore either. It's, a, it's an action RPG, just like Liza P, basically. So it's like, ah, oh, man. You know, you got a good point. It's kind of being hypocritical if I throw one out and not the other. Bulger's Gate 3, I think, is the going to win. And that, it, I can't even say it doesn't deserve it. I've played Bulger's Gate. I'm going to go play Bulger's Gate some more. It's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's insane. And it is an RPG. You decide everything you want to do. Every action is all on you. It's just like your argument for Starfield. Everything about it, you are the one who picks what goes down, how it goes down. But I, man, but Final Fantasy 16 needs some love, Matt. And it got snubbed later on down the road. And I'm like, where? I got to give it some love. But Eric, I'm trying to win points. You know, do I just vote in my heart and just get, try to give it love now, even though it doesn't matter? Or do I just get the points and go Bulls Gate 3, which is going to be the obvious win here? But since Matt stuck up for Starfield, which is not going to win, I got to go with my heart. It's Final Fantasy 16. You're getting your love here. I love you. You're an amazing game. 
there were so many emotional good moments in that game. Just got me. It gripped me. Sea of Stars, don't get me wrong. Loved you too. Had such a great time, but you really pissed me off with that true ending bullshit at the very end. <laughs> I don't like it, and you shouldn't have done it, because otherwise I would have picked you for sure in this this particular round. And if Starfield wasn't here, I would have gone with Final Fantasy sixteen, even though it pissed me off in the ending, which we all talked about. Yeah. I agree. It does deserve some love here, but since Starfield's here, it can't get it. Now, next up, we got best action-adventure game. We got Alan Wake 2. We got Marvel Spider-Man 2. We got Resident Evil 4. We got Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And we got The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. There's only one thing I could give props to here, because I honestly haven't played any of the other ones yet. I am going to play Alan Wake 2, but to me, that's not action-adventure. But you want to talk about action, and you want to talk about adventure. You're talking about Marvel Spider-Man 2. I've said it before. On this podcast, in real life, to Eric... To anyone who will ever listen, on the stream I've said it, when those action sequences are done, I am sweating. Like I am tense, I'm in it. Enemies are coming at you from everywhere. It's not just enemies are on the ground and then they can shoot you. Now enemies are in the air. Now they're throwing you out of the air to attack you. Now your abilities are down. I'm sweating after every combat. And then even after the goddamn cutscenes, it's moving fast, it's frenetic, it's crazy. It's action. It's action. And then it's adventure because you're flying and swinging through the most beautiful city I've ever seen. Going to all these side things and doing action and adventure things in them. Mwah. It gets my vote. It should win it. It's amazing. It's action and it's adventure. It's Spider-Man 2. Now, you said Alan Wake 2 is an action adventure, but it's the closest area that it has for that. There is no survival horror. There's no horror, period. But there should be. There should be because there's three there really awesome be, games that came so out games. this year. Yeah. Right? yeah. But like, hey, where where's Dead Space, guys and gals? Where'd that go? We did nothing but talk about how amazing it was when it came out. And it's nowhere to be found except for like one category for sound, I think, which we'll get to later. But anywho's, I've played quite a few of these games. I like two, Resident Evil 4, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Man. And I I hate to give the snub to Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I really do. It was a fantastic game. I had a ton of fun. But Alan Wake 2 is just more fun. I, uh, I've i just been enjoying this game immensely. I'm in it to win it. It's another one of those titles where I come home and I go, I want to play it. 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 I want to play it right now. I want to play it later. That only happens for a few games a year if I'm lucky, and it's one of them. So for me, Alan Wake 2, you're taking it because this is the spot for it, even though it, you know it's getting some props elsewhere, but maybe I don't pick it. So here for sure, that's my vote. That's what I think is going to take it to the hills of this year. Now we're getting into one that's a peer action, though. Best action game. Armored Core, Six Fires of Rubicon, Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, and Remnant 2. Matt, these are some good games, man. They got some good noms for this one. They do, but I'm going to throw two out right away. One is Remnant 2, which I love. I love playing that game with you. It's awesome. But when I think of action game, I don't think of Remnant 2. That's like a stress game. High tension should be a category. You could put survival horror in there. You could put Liza P style stuff in there. Mm-hmm. That's not. It doesn't say action to me. Same with Hi-Fi Rush. I freaking love that game. That game is awesome. And you do actions in it constantly, but it's not an action game. There's only two action games on here. Dead Island 2 is not an action game. That's a run around and goof, goof about game. Mm-hmm. So Ghost Runner 2 and Armor Core 6, Fires the Rubicon, uh-huh. are the only two action games. Are the two only real picks. Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to pick Armored Core 6 because you have hands-on time with it. Mm -hmm. Everything I've seen from it looks insane and nuts. 
but I know you're going to pick it, so I'm going to say Ghost Runner 2 because Ghost Runner 1 was that game we've talked about. Oh, my God, it's so fast. It's so crazy. And this one expands on it even more. I got to pick it just because I know you're going to pick Armored Core, and I don't have hands on time with either one. So we're going to split some love here because Ghost Runner 2 is that same thing. When I see it, I go, man, I got to play that, just like the first one. So tell us why it's Armored Core 6, Eric. It's going to be Armored Core 6, Matt, because this game is the definition of action. Every mission's fast-paced. Every mission's just, hey, here's what you're doing. Go to it. And then you're exposed to the scenario, and you go. And there's enemies everywhere. There are bullets everywhere. There are blades flying everywhere. There are helicopters. There's turrets. There's everything you could imagine constantly coming at you. And they give you the tools you need to just mow through hundreds of little turrets, minor techs, all the baddies you could ever imagine. And then on top of it, giving you this hype music to do it to and these epic boss fights every time. Just come in, and the scene just changes. And all of a sudden, you're like, holy God, and just action, more action. Lasers are shooting down at you. Freaking sky beams coming down. It's nonstop. It is action. It's just action, pure and simple. It's crazy. It's I think for sure for my vote it gets it. Ghost Runner, more hey, fantastic. It's like Matt said. I'm always like I need to play that game. It looks amazing. There's no hands down. It's action game. But this one, for sure, Armor Core Six. I think is going to take the win on this. Now next up is a category we always usually laugh at. But I know Eric can speak to this one. We got best VR slash AR game. We got Gran Turismo 7. We got Humanity. We got Horizon Call of the Mountain. We got Resident Evil Village VR mode. And we got Synapse, which is a game I was always interested in, but I never saw anything about it. I didn't even know it was out. So I will be very short on this and say it's Horizon Call of the Mountain because it made my friend Eric say, wow, I was standing up and I looked over and I saw whatever her name is. I'm blanking on what her name is. Aloy. Aloy. I saw Aloy and it was like real because I looked at her in physical space. And it made me think about when we're talking about it, oh my God, what if I could see you in physical space or any other actual person and get a feel for how tall they are because you can't do that in regular games. Mm -hmm. That gets my vote. Eric, tell us some actual hands-on experience with some of this. So I've played, obviously, Horizon Call of the Mountain through, and I've played a good chunk of Resident Evil Village VR mode as well through. Um, these are the two I have played. Synapse I want to play. I think I even got it, and I just haven't played it yet. Humanity, Gran Turismo, I hear is amazing. I th- Let's be real. I think that's the one that's going to win it, Gran Turismo 7, but I'm not picking that because I didn't touch it and I didn't play it. I think Horizon Call of the Mountain for me has to be it, and that's because it gave me the first wows. It did exactly what you said. I went in there and... All of a sudden, Aloy's next to me, and these other people are talking to me, and I I felt like I was there instead of just on a track participating. I'm like, wow, I'm standing here, actually, and I can grab the apples and eat them, and I can go throw tambourines, and I'm actually pulling my bone arrow back and grabbing it off my back. It had me invested and had me inside of it and enjoying it, and they also did the movement really well to where you didn't feel like super like topsy-turvy and getting all messed up, and I was able to actually play it. Because as you know, I do love VR, but a lot of times, after about 20, 30 minutes, I start to feel a little bit nauseous, not like like crazy, but enough to where I'm like, all right, I'm not going to risk getting sick, so I shut it off. This game doesn't give me that. I'm able to pretty much just stay in it and have a good time. Resident Evil Village, don't get me wrong, was fantastic, but I didn't like the uh, the, the gun, how you get your gun out and how you have to reload. And not because it's bad, but just because it doesn't, it still isn't there, man, to be honest with you. It still isn't there. 
it sometimes misses your your movements, and so you're kind of like, and that's not a game where you want to like try to you're over here being ridiculous trying to reload or get things going again because there's obviously lots of monsters and things happening. There's no time for that. So when that happens, it's such a bummer and it just instantly annoys you and takes you out of it because you're getting mowed down, eaten up by the vampires or the wolves, etc., etc. And then not to mention, it is pretty crazy and intense. When you're playing that game and you're actually standing there and you're moving around in that castle and it's, you know, it's not you, but it is you. It's definitely like, oh, this is an extra level I don't really like, you know, especially in the very beginning when you're in the town with the werewolves skulking about, you know, it's like, I don't want to go out there. Especially since we mean you, we've played the game. Mm. So I'm like, I know what's out there. I don't want to go do that. Because now it's like me. It's me out there. I don't want to go out there. He's going to get me. So it, while that's fun and cool when you're doing it, it kind of is a deterrent because you chicken, you chicken, you poop out. You go, oh, no, I don't want to do this. It's scary. I don't want to get my hand mangled. When it was Ethan's hand, it was fine. But this yeah, is my fine, hand. But she's going to be looking at me. I don't like that. <laughs> so I, I want to get back to it and keep trucking with it. But we'll see if it ever happens. So for me, Horizon Call of the Mountain, for sure, that'd be my pick for best VR AR game this year. Now, here's our favorite one. This Yay. is it. This is where all the guns go blazing. This is where I argue and Matt argues, and we just try to convince the other to pick the other's pick. This is it. Best mobile game. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, Honkai Star Rail, Hello Kitty Island Adventure, Monster Hunter Now, and Terra Nil are your picks for this year. I will say, I did want to play Terra Nil. That was one I was I was thinking about when it, before it was coming out. I never had a chance to play it. There's only one game on here that I have played, and I sure as hell didn't play it on mobile. And it was Honkai Star Rail, and I don't have much to say about it. I've played a few hours of it. It's pretty good. I like it. I don't, I, I don't mean to like come down from the epic high that you set us off on, but just being realistic. Even the one that I am picking, which is Honkai Star Rail, I got I got nothing. It's fun. You got nothing. It's all right. You don't know? Yeah, I got nothing. Might happen. It's fun. Well, I'm torn here, man. I'll tell you what. I'm torn, you know? Part of me says go with Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. It's Final Fantasy. I love Final Fantasy. Just go with what you know. Mm. Honkai Star Rail seems to be the smart choice because it's the big hit. Everyone loves that game. I see all the dweebs at work playing on their phones with those games all the time. But Monster Hunter Now, that just sounded fun. That's the one that I honestly was thinking about checking out. It's basically a Pokemon uh, Go game, but it's in the Monster Hunter world. And that sounds awesome to me. That sounds right up my alley, but I'm too lazy to wander around trying to find these monsters and look like a clown you know, with my phone. So I never did pick it up. And of course, I'm just teasing when I say that. Don't come at me. Don't go crazy. So I'm kinda, I got you know three picks here. One, using the brain, Honkai. So Matt don't get ahead of me in these points. But part of me is eh, Monster Hunter Now or Final Fantasy. You know, I guess if I'll just go with my heart. You know what? I won't I won't do the brain pick, which would be Honkai. If I was to pick up one of these games right now, it'd be Monster Hunter Now. Monster Hunter Now, you get my pick just because I think I'd actually enjoy playing you. And I think that's a valid vote because Monster Hunter Now you can't play on anything else. Mm-hmm. Honkai Star Rail, you can play on PS5. That's where I play it. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, I guarantee you could run on a PC or a console or whatever. Doing a Pokemon Go, you can't do that anywhere but a cell phone or something mobile. Yeah. So you're right, that should win. My pick's still going to be Honkai. And we're going to dive into 
best debut indie game. We got Cocoon, we got Dredge, we got Pizza Tower, we got Vembo, we got Viewfinder. I have talked about almost all of these on the podcast, so you should know all about them, listeners. The only one I haven't talked about is Pizza Tower, which I've heard is like a a Sonic type of game. Everybody loves Pizza Tower. I'm going to say, because some of these get some love in other categories, and I will give love to a couple of them, I really do want to give it to Dredge, and I do want to give it to Cocoon, but those do get some nominations later. And I feel like Viewfinder is one of those games, when I've talked about it, I went, I can't believe this, I can't believe that this works. I can't believe you can take a picture and it becomes 3D in such a magical way. And then all the other stuff you can do in that game. So just because it's the first, it's obviously a debut indie game from the studio, that gets my vote just because it blew my mind, the stuff you can do, although you can you could say that about Cocoon too. Ah, I'm going to go Viewfinder. I'm going to go Viewfinder. All right, here's an easy one for me. I've, of course, heard Matt talk about these games, and I've, of course, watched them get played on several different streamers I listen to. Dredge got quite a bit of, uh, you know, talky. Sea of Stars, of course. Viewfinder, Cocoon, all these, all of them. And I'm, I'm torn. I, I could get an easy point out of Matt right now. He's not going to win with Viewfinder. Cocoon's going to win. I already know it. It's a shoo-in. But I've played Sea of Stars, and I love Sea of Stars. So this is one of those, do I go... With what I've played and enjoyed, or do I just get a point and take it from Matt here? You're one ahead, brother. It's debut indie game, not best indie Oh, my God. I'm looking at the wrong one. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. He didn't mention. He mentioned Peach Tower and Ben, but not. All right. Good. That's perfect. That makes this easy. Yes. Thank goodness. All right. So with, with Matt choosing Viewfinder, which he should do, you know, I got to go with the win here. I'm going to go with Cocoon just because everybody's hot on it right now. It's been scoring phenomenal. Streamers have been loving it. I hear it's super complex and fun and just interesting in so many different ways. So for me, Cocoon, I haven't played it, but I think that's getting the point, so I'm going to take it. Now, to get to the one Matt was talking about, well, the one I was talking about that Matt said I was wrong on because I'm an idiot and got too far up because they're kind of similar here, was the best independent game, folks. You got Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder as your picks for this one. Now, I agree. Whether I left it in the podcast or not, I agree with Eric's assessment because Sea of Stars will win this category. It will 100% win. So put that as a a pin that I said that that's going to happen. So count that as a win for me, even though my pick is going to be Dave the Diver. Only because the ones that I haven't played, I desperately want to play. But the ones that I have played... Dave the Diver is the one that I keep thinking about. Sea of Stars, you've heard it. It it didn't hit for me. But Dave the Diver, whenever I see it, whenever I think about it, I go, man, I got to get my Steam Deck back out. I got to start playing in some Dave the Diver. And part of it is just that graphical style, that pixel art style. It speaks to me. Whenever I see Dave the Diver and his happy, dopey face, whenever I see his his Hawaiian shirt-wearing buddy, I go, yeah. Whenever I see that sushi chef, I go, yeah. This is my kind of game. This is my graphic style. This is it. So it gets my vote. But Sea of Stars is going to win. Tell us why, Eric. Sea of Stars is definitely going to win. The only competition here would be Cocoon, which I already previously picked. But I think Sea of Stars is going to take it here. I think it has the wider appeal. And Matt fell off, but I, I hope someday Matt gives another shot. Because after a chunk of hours, it it falls away from just being your typical fun time adventure. And then you get a little more in depth. There's a little more added to the whole story and the whole arc. And stuff happens that totally changes what you would think would happen in this type of RPG. 
So it isn't what you think it is based off the few hours you got into it and was like, eh, it just feels like a, a typical regular old RPG. I'm not not for me. So I'll tell you that. One of these days, Matt, give it another go. See if you can get another three, six hours into it, and you might change your mind. But it is fantastic. I've talked about it on the show proper a million times. Beautiful. Music's popping. I remember so many tunes from it. Garl's my homeboy. You know, all the characters are just memorable and fun. I had a great time. Like I said, if it wasn't for that true ending thing, God, I would have just picked you for so much more, Sea of Stars. Stop with that stuff. I'm telling you. But for this pick, for sure, Sea of Stars, you're going to take it. Win me all the points. Win me all the accolades. I can't wait. Next up is a category I don't know how to feel about for this year. Best community support. We got Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, and No Man's Sky. Normally I pick No Man's Sky for all these ongoing things because I hear so many cool things that come up about it. I haven't heard anything about No Man's Sky this year at all. Uh, what have I heard about Destiny 2? Oh, they fired all everybody who worked on yeah, it. Yeah, fired everybody. Baldur's Gate 3 just came out, so what community support could there be? Cyberpunk 2077... People ragged on those guys forever until the game came out and it was amazing and they loved it, or until the update came out. You know what I'm saying. Mm. So I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to say Final Fantasy XIV because I never hear anything bad about it. Like, never, ever. I still hear people rag on Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red, even though they put in all this work and it was amazing. I don't know if they get the community like outreach feel from them, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And anytime I hear about Final Fantasy XIV, that's what I hear about. So I guess it gets my vote. But I don't feel strongly about any of these this year. For me, best community support, it always kind of goes two ways for me. Are they talking about the community itself loving the game and and being fond and or happy with it? Or are they talking about the devs listening to the community and doing what the community wants? I feel like it's the second one. Because if it's the second one, I think Cyberpunk 2077 has a shot because Phantom Liberty, as you just said, is loved by all. It, it is proclaimed as being the way to play Cyberpunk. They fixed everything. It's actually the game that they dreamt of it being, and everyone agrees that it's fantastic and fun. So if, if that's the way it is, then Cyberpunk 2077. But if it's the first where the community rallies together and, and supports the game, it's Final Fantasy freaking 14, hands down. So that one, I'm always like, I don't know, which way are they going with this idea here? Because FF14 takes it if it's just what community you want to be a part of. Because they're positive. They love getting people in there. Everyone's playing. Everyone's having a great time. Everyone's happy with the decisions that get made in that game for the most part. But if it's second, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty takes it. Because they just brought this game full circle. And it's now a masterpiece that everyone claims is the best you know, game around town. Whereas, obviously, the other year, two years ago, whatever, it was the clown show and everybody wanted to hate it. So I don't know. I guess uh, I feel like I should play it safe and play it, say Final Fantasy fourteen because that's the one that typically wins. It's like an easy point to lose here. So I'm going to go with that. Just because I've, I've explained why I would go with either or, but I feel like it's going to be FF14 regardless just because it always is. I don't know, it's cheating, but, you know, <laughs> I, I can't I can't lose a point on such an easy one. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh. Now, best ongoing game, Matt. Hmm, what have you got? Apex Legends, Cyberpunk 2077, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. I already know yours is Fortnite, so you really don't even have to say anything, right? 
The only thing I have to say about Fortnite <laughs> is throw that in the goddamn trash can, get it out of here forever. And I'm uh, even going to lump Apex Legends in on that because it's got a it's got a circle that it closes in and get out of here with those circle close in games. I don't know much about Genshin Impact. I've seen character drops and all that other stuff for it. But it comes down to just like the last one, Cyberpunk or Final Fantasy. And I'm going to give it to Cyberpunk here because it did the No Man's Sky thing, like I've talked about. They updated it, they dropped the DLC, and everyone lost their freaking mind. Everything you just talked about. Mm -hmm. Everyone acknowledges now that it is the most amazing game that it could ever be when it used to be a trash fire. And that's exactly what No Man's Sky did, and they always got my vote every single year because of that. So I'm going to continue the Matt tradition and say here, because of the supposed, you know, the, the, the popularly speaking that it was garbage and became amazing, even though we know it was amazing and became amazinger, Cyberpunk gets my vote this year. What about you? Easy one for me. It's Cyberpunk 2077. Between Edge Runners hitting and everybody loving that, and then Phantom Liberty coming out, it's just boom, boom. It's been nothing but up. It's been nothing but wins for this title. I feel like everyone knows it. Everyone's heard it. Everyone's seen it. I feel like that's going to be what's on the lips of all these Yahoo's voting. So for sure, Cyberpunk 2077 winning best ongoing game. It's a nail. Next up, it's another category we don't really know that much about. It's Games for Impact. We got A Space for the Unbound. We got Chance of Sonar. We got Goodbye Volcano High. We got Chia. We got Terranil. And we got Vampa. Um, I guess for me, it's down to the last three. Down to Chia, Terranil, and Venba. Because... Chia and Venba both tell stories that you don't normally see. Chia from that small South Pacific Islander type of thing. Venba from the you know the immigrant family growing up and having problems. And Terranil, if you bought it, they actually donated for reforestation efforts. So that is that's an impact on the literal human world. I guess in this one because I can't give it any love anywhere else. I'm gonna say Venba just because it has that art style. It's got that feeling. It's got the food. It's got that you know, memories of your of your past and how food connects you to your parents, even though you are completely different as immigrants, you know? That story that I'm not familiar with myself, but I know it's important to people. It affects people on a daily basis. I guess I'll go with Venba on this one, but the last three, I don't think you can go wrong either way, and I just don't know about the first three. As usual, there's so many games here I don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah, I'm in the boat of not knowing much about these titles, except for little clippets and snippets. So I'm just going to go with A Space for the Unbound just because I've heard of it before. I mean, I've heard of Venba and Terranil as well, but Space for the Unbound, I've heard a little bit more about. I'm going to go with that. I don't know if it's actually impacted people's lives, but I don't know. That's what I'm picking. Hopefully it wins. And unfortunately, we got another one, Matt, uh -huh. that I don't really know much about. That's Innovation and Accessibility, Diablo 4, Forza Motorsport, Hi-Fi Rush, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Mortal Kombat 1, and Street Fighter 6 are your nominations for this. I don't know. Like we say every year, uh, you and I are lucky enough or blessed enough or however you want to think about it to not need accessibility features in most things. Mm -hmm. I don't even go into the menu to see if they're good or not. Yeah, I never even look. So I guess I know Hi-Fi Rush, you can turn the, the rhythm stuff way down. And I know in Street Fighter 6, you have that simplified, I think they call it modern control system. But I guess because of how hardcore Street Fighter Six can go and the fact that you can play it and have a ton of fun with just the modern system, I guess I'll go with that. But I don't I can't even speak to the ones in Marvel Spider Man too. I have no idea. I play that I love that game and I play it a ton, but I I can't speak to the accessibility features. Yeah, I, I can't speak to anything here, but I'll just put Diablo four down 
just because it seems like a strange title to be in here. I didn't, I haven't really heard of anything except for I think they got color options, but I'll just pick that just because to make it different for Matt's. Keep it spicy. There you go. And speaking of keeping it spicy, next up we got best performance. We got Ben Starr as Clive Rossfield in Final Fantasy 16. We got Cameron Monaghan as Cal Kestis in Star Wars Jedi Survivor. We got Idris Elba as Solomon Reed in Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. This is a long category with all these things. We got Melanie Laborde as Saga Anderson in Alan Wake 2. We got Neil Newbun as Asterian in Baldur's Gate 3. And we got Yuri Lowenthal as Peter Parker in Marvel Spider-Man 2. While I catch my breath, Eric, tell us what your pick is. I debated this one quite a bit. You know, I love Saga Anderson and Alan Wake 2. I think she's doing a phenomenal job. Well, Melanie is, but what a what a trip. What a performance. Of course, if you don't know, Alan Wake 2 has a lot of live action too. So she's not only having to throw her voice in, but her likeness is in there. She's actually having to do all sorts of acting and get her chops going and all this stuff. So that's a huge one for me. Idris Alba does a great job as Solomon um, but I feel like it's just Idris being Idris, which there's nothing wrong with that. He does a phenomenal job. And Ben Starr as Clive. God, what a performance. It was so good. Just that the inflection and the way his voice was just always had me joking and cracking up, having a good time. And towards the end, really emotional with him and his brother and, uh, you know, and some other characters. I don't want to spoil stuff, but that was, that was awesome. And I just, I don't, I haven't had that moment yet in Alan Wake 2. You know, where I'm just, I am connected to these people and what's happening to them. And I'm actually like, oh my God, I have emotions of them in a video game. I don't have that yet with Alan Wake 2. But the performance that she's putting on, I feel like is a lot more challenging because it's her. It's actually her and she's having to do all this stuff. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still been torn. I'm just, I'm coming down right now to the moment. I got to tell you, it's hard. It's hard. It's so hard. You know what? I got to go with the emotions just because I don't have many of them. Ben stars Clive Rosfeld, Final Fantasy 16. You're going to take it. You got to take it for me. Now, I'm not going to disagree with you because he did a great job. But the only thing I will say is this man is the man that said Chocobo and Geisel Greens. And that is not how you say those words. So he goes in the garbage can and Yuri Lowenthal comes up as Peter Parker. Obviously, I loved him in the first game. I love him in the second game. People are right. He did do a good job getting into that dark black suit voice those few times when he does kind of get in there. And the fact that I spent, you know, just spent a whole game with Friendly Peter and half of this game with Friendly Peter, when he starts getting into black suit Peter, it feels good. And you hear me go, ho, 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 on the stream when he does it. The one thing I will say is, where's Miles? Where's Miles' character? I mean, his voice actor, his actor, his real actor, because he did the same thing. He did motion capture. He did voice. I just read an article about it. He learned sign language because his character signs to his deaf you know, friend in the game. So he did a whole bunch of stuff, too. I almost want Miles to be here instead of Yuri, because when I hear that character, I'm happy. He just cheers me up. And you get into that vibe. That's just Miles. But if we're going only on the nominees, Yuri Lowenthal gets my vote. Ben Starr did a great job. But Yuri gets my vote. Next up, audio design, everybody. Best audio design. You got Alan Wake 2. You got Dead Space, Hi-Fi, Rush, Marvel, Spider-Man 2, and Resident Evil 4. And I'll start it off because it's an easy no-brainer. It's Dead Space. Dead Space, holy mackerels. You want to talk about environment, that's got it in spades. You go into Dead Space and you put them headphones on and you're just... 
you're hearing the necromorphs everywhere. You're hearing the drops and the pitters and the patters of the water and the oil and everything else. You're hearing the chink, chink, chink as you plank across all these metal grates and the tears and the rips and the screams and the insane chanting and the whispering going on in your head. This game has it. It has it all, and it does it the entire way through, nonstop, keeping you scared, keeping you afraid, keeping you on your toes. Easy win. No no challenge. No, there's a big challenge. And that big challenge is coming from Marvel Spider-Man 2, because when you're flying with your web wings and you do the web zip, the little do, it goes in your earphones. I can't even do a good job of it. It goes and every time I go, oh, and I get chills. No, that's a lie. I mean, that's not a lie. That's that's 100% true. But anything that goes up against Dead Space in audio design automatically loses. I don't even play it that much. I've watched people play it, but I know the slams and the banks and the squishes and the gloops and the clinks and the clanks and the and the whoos and the whoo and the ahs. That's what Dead Space is known for. I have heard from you and from everyone else. They did a fantastic job bringing it back, making it even more crazy and nuts. Dead Space gets best audio design. And a related one, best score in music. We got Alan Wake 2. I won't read the composer's names, no offense to those guys, but we'll just go down the list. We got Alan Wake 2, we got Baldur's Gate 3, we got Final Fantasy 16, we got Hi-Fi Rush, and we got The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And I'll jump in real quick and say, I want to give it to Hi-Fi Rush, because I don't think it's getting any other picks from me anywhere else. And I love that game. I haven't beat it, but I love the game, and I love the music. It's fun to tap your toes and beat enemies to the rhythm. But Final Fantasy 16 cannot lose this category because I own the soundtrack. I own it on my phone and I listen to it while I'm at work, working at home here. And there are so many tracks, so many songs, so many pieces of music in here that get my blood pumping, that get me jazzed up. That I'm just sitting here, you know, setting up jobs here in the computer and I get, I feel like I'm in a fight. I'm sweating. I'm just, I'm, I'm doing like air violin because they're going it's going nuts it's amazing it was amazing when i played it it's amazing hearing it afterwards final fantasy 16 100 best score and music man I, I am so torn here between ff16 phenomenal just bangers across the board but alan wake 2 man i'm telling you when you get in there in the old gods of asgard and a lot of surprises a ton of surprises mind you of different individuals doing songs for this game, man, it is crazy. It is just phenomenal, and I definitely want Alan Wake 2 soundtrack, like 100%. The second I can get a hold of it, I want to get it. So I'm I'm, I'm torn. And I'm going to differ from you, and I'm going to go with Alan Wake 2 just because I go back right now, and, and I go in-game. I'll be in the game, and in the middle of just doing something, I'm like, nah, I gotta stop. And I go to the radio station that's in the game, and I go listen to some of the beats, and I'm just like, oh, man, this is, this is it right here, and I'm just jamming in my chair, not playing the game, just listening to another song that I'd already heard from the previous chapter's end, or or in the, you know, whatever, the diner, and it popped up, this and that. You know what I'm talking about. If you played Control, and you've heard some of the beats and the weird, crazy stuff, it's in here, too. Good stuff. So, Alan Wake 2, Hopefully you take it and get me that point. But if, if FF16 gets it, I can't even complain because uh, that's a banger. Now, best art direction, Matt. We lose our little our little pens and our little archies, and we've got Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. All fantastic titles. All look great. I'm so happy that this was on the other side of a giant screenshot because I forgot 
that Hi-Fi Rush is in this category, because I forgot this category existed. And this is where I can give it props. When I did my voting however many days ago, I went, at least it's going to get something here. Because that game is beautiful. And that game in motion is incredible. When you see everything moving to the beat. Everything. Literally everything. And it all looks incredible. This game makes me smile when I see it. And I guarantee I could tell you that about Super Mario Bros. Wonder if I had played it. But I haven't played it yet. So out of the ones that I've played here, Hi-Fi Rush, its art is amazing. It makes me smile. It makes me delighted. Best art direction. You got it, Hi-Fi Rush. You know what, Hi-Fi Rush, you deserve some props. You really do. I'm glad Matt did it, but I gotta, I gotta go to Alan Wake 2 again. I gotta. Just the direction they go in this title, with all the vivid posters and the signs and the murals and the streets and the the colors. You know what I'm talking about. Once again, if you played Control, you know what I'm talking about when I say color in this game. It's phenomenal, and the way they use it, especially with Alan Wake and the different uh, ways he's able to manipulate his environment. Hands down, amazing. Stuff you just don't see anywhere else in the gaming community. Remedy's really got it nailed down here. So Alan Wake 2 is my pick to win this year. Hell yeah. Next up, we got Best Narrative. We got Alan Wake 2. We got Baldur's Gate 3. We got Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. We got Final Fantasy 16. And we got Marvel Spider-Man 2. And I feel bad for saying this. Because I've only played two of these games, as we've discussed before. Mm-hmm. And I love Final Fantasy 16. But when I think about Final Fantasy 16, I don't think of the narrative. I think of the experiences, the boss fights, the big booming bombasticals. When I think of Spider-Man 2, I will remember like the big thing that I cut out of the podcast that I talked to Eric about, a big booming fantastical. But I'm also going to remember all the little stuff, the little time that you spend with Harry and MJ at Coney Island, doing small stuff. There's so many small things in this game. You know, the way Miles interacts with his mom, with Peter, with his friends. And I don't think it's like the strongest narrative. It's a superhero story. But the small moments, character moments, small things in this game, I'm going to remember for a long time. When I think about the game, that's what I'm going to think about. So I'm not trying to dog on Final Fantasy 16 in any kind of way, because it's great and I love that game. But for me, Marvel Spider-Man 2 gets my vote. I do not think it'll win, but I don't have experience with the other ones enough to say yay or nay. Out of the two I have, it's Marvel Spider-Man 2, and I don't feel bad about it. So it gets my vote. I don't feel bad about it, but I don't think it's going to win. Eric, tell us what's going to win. I'm a bit torn. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 Fan So far, fantastic. Great times. FF16, this is where I think you are forgetting some really cool stuff in the game, but I still don't know if it has the chops to win. I mean, Sid. I mean, the whole arc with Sid, you know, the Jill scenario is pretty good. Obviously, Clive and his brother, there's there's a lot of moments. And then, of course, even just, you know, him claiming he did the thing to old boy, uh, the, the you know, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. a lot of that stuff. I mean, that's, I think when you were in it, you were probably a lot spicier with it, and it's just over time gone. But that's a, that's a talk for another day, because I can't even say I think it's going to get this. I would go with Alan Wake 2, but Boulder's Gate 3, man. You want to talk about a story. You want to talk about people, a team, having to come up with a billion different outcomes and a billion different divergent storylines for you to choose and pick from. That's got to be my vote. I mean, the amount of brain power it must have taken to be like, oh, well, what if they, in this scenario, kill the son right here instead of actually just accepting the quest and going, oh, well, I guess you're right. They can do that. So we got to make sure if he does that, then this guy's going to do this. 
that and so on and so forth. And then you'll even never get some of the playable characters. That stuff is that brain busts. That's it blows me away. How do you figure that out and incorporate that? That's a narrative to an extreme I can't even fathom. I can't. So for me, it's got to be Bowler's Gate 3 just for the sheer amount of willpower, brain power, and time it must have took for them to go through a billion different scenarios and give you a storyline for all of them that made sense and was coherent and fun. Now, I've heard, as we've all heard, Act 3 kind of falls apart apparently a little bit, but everything I've touched and the the momentum and the storyline from everybody else is that it's insane and wonderful. So Bowler's Gate 3 might take this one. Now, best game direction, folks. You've got Alan Wake 2, Boulder's Gate 3. You've got Marvel Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Whew. It's the big one. It's one of the biggest ones. What do you think? It is one of the big ones, and I've said it many previous years. I don't really know what to say on these. Best game direction. But then I liken it to a director in his movies, and I likened it to Hideo Kojima in his games. And I haven't played all of these games. But when I think of a Remedy game, those play like nothing else. Those feel like nothing else. So even though I haven't played it, the bits that I've seen, the snippets and the bippets and the live action stuff and the stuff on TVs and the stuff in the game and the, the way live action stuff is like popping in, in, in just the trailers and stuff that I've seen, Alan Wake 2 gets this because I guarantee somebody directed somebody made that it feels like a game that that team made and it like in this kind of way not just oh it's a game that they made no this is this is a a crafted experience and i haven't even played it yet but i guarantee that's right eric tell me if that's right or not no you're right it's alan wake 2 for sure hands down they made this game so specific every moment every piece everything you see and do is them purposely wanting you to see and or do this stuff. It is Remedy in their bag, in their world, creating more crap for you to try to figure out and deal with inside of that that vision that they have for the FBC, for Alan Wake, for the whole thing. And I can't wait to see where it all goes. I can't wait to get more of it. And that just tells you right there that they did such a phenomenal job with it. All the actors, all the crew, everybody writing and figuring this stuff out fantastic job other games on here fantastic but Alan Wake 2 man uh, if this if this doesn't get it here these crazies they're off the rocker they're off the rocker and now we got the big kahuna the big dog the duke of new york a number one game of the year the nominees are Alan Wake 2 Baldur's Gate 3 Marvel Spider-Man 2 Resident Evil 4 Super Mario Brothers Wonder and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom Eric feels much more passionate about this than I do, but I don't like remakes in here for Game of the Year. Resident Evil 4, get out. I'm sorry, get out? There's six here when there's normally five in the rest. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't even be there anyway. No. Get out. Haven't played Alan Wake 2. Haven't played Baldur's Gate 3. Haven't played Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Have played Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Have played Marvel Spider-Man 2. And if you ask me right now what my personal Game of the Year is right now, and granted, recency bias is a thing, but it's the game that I'm hip deep in and I, I salivate and I drool when I think about it. And when I think of the times I have already had, I drool at how awesome of an experience it is. Even small things, camera angles, direct, you know, camera direction in action scenes. Marvel Spider-Man 2 100% gets my vote. Do I think it's going to win? I don't think so. With some of these 
big heavy hitters that are here, especially the way Super Mario Bros. Wonder has taken over everyone's lives and the way Tears of the Kingdom did earlier in the year. But for me right now, that is the game of the year. It is fantastic. I have a delight every single time I play it. Even if I'm just doing small stuff, doing side missions, they're amazing. They're, I'm sweating after the action scenes. I'm loving the story things. Every single small thing, Miles' animations, his movesets, his voice acting, his everything about this game excites and delights me. So it 100% gets my vote. Do I think it's going to win? Not necessarily. But I'm passionate about it. It's my game of the year right now. Marvel Spider-Man 2, you get my vote. Now, you said it You said it perfectly. Probably won't get it. But I'm not going to pick the winner either, Matt. Because the winners, there's only two choices here if you want to actually get the point. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which was the high for sure win earlier on in the year. And then Bowler's Gate 3 came around. And then that's the one that's in contention. Those are the two, I think, that have the real shot at winning. And I haven't played Legend of Zelda. I have played Bowler's Gate 3. And it's fantastic. And I want to say that one just to try to get a point, but I can't because, you know what, my heart tells me. It's Alan Wake 2, folks. I am loving this game. I've already talked about it in previous sections. It is it. It is a game that you got to play and fall in love with. And then, of course, you're going to go back and get control, and then you're going to do Alan Wake the original, and you're going to be a Remedy head, and you're going to have such a great time, and we're all going to have a great time. And we're going to go play some more games by Remedy in the future when they do some more. And it's going to be a glorious thing i cannot wait and like two you're gonna you're gonna come from the you're gonna come from the depths all right the darkness and you're gonna take it you're gonna turn all these haters into a bunch of taken and it's gonna be perfect and we're gonna all live happily ever after and eric's happy alan wake two wins most everything awards i can't wait so there we go everybody the finals the final picks for the game awards this year do you agree with us do you disagree with us have you been playing all the games that we haven't played Give us some insight on why they are the best in all these different categories on the email, thirdshiftme.gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook, go to thirdshift. Hit up the Discord, the Patreon. Hit up the stream. Hit up Eric's house. Quit coming to my house. Go to his house and knock on the garage door and have everybody like peeking out the window, looking all weird. You'll see Eric like looming. We got we got camera systems. Oh, that's true. So I'll say you'll see him looming like through that garage door because it's got like the little window thing yep. at the top. You'll see his, his bald head come up. And bald head like, shining. Probably like the tip of his gun come up and it'll yeah. be like, who are you? What's going on? No, you'll, you'll, you'll see the blink camera system lights come on and then you'll see, then you'll hear a voice disconnected come up. What are you doing in my house? <laughs> do you want to die, boy? Or if you're a girl, do you want to die, girl? And that sounds weird, but you know. Whatever, that could happen. You can do that. <laughs> and if you're coming with food and cool beers or something, then we can go light a fire in the back. We'll have some fun. But if you're coming like weird, well, yeah, I got a hole in the backyard that you'll be in. I shouldn't say that. You're going to put me in prison. I'm going to go to jail. You know what we are going to talk about, though? It's funny. It's funny you say this because we're getting into exciting times, folks. We get into the times where Matt's going to eat leftovers way longer than is healthy and or should be done. Mm-hmm. So for the fifth year running, six year, however long it's been we've been on doing the show, mm-hmm. you're going to hear me tell Matt he's going to kill himself someday eating this turkey like two weeks later. It's crazy. But you've already established that it's been five to seven to 25 years of this happening. So is it really that dangerous? I or am know. I just ahead of the curve here? Is, no. it, is it big trash that's trying to get you to throw away all your leftovers and not eat good for two to three to seven weeks afterwards? Maybe that's what's happening. Big fridge is against you. 
big fridge companies, they don't like it. I don't know, man. Only time will tell. You know, one of these days when you croak, we'll we'll know the answer. Or if you never do, then I guess we'll know the answer then too. But I'm going to blame anything <laughs> you croak on as that. So no matter what, if you get hit by a bus, man, I'm going to say, well, it's because he ate that turkey two weeks later. His tummy was upset and he didn't run across the road fast enough. Turkey got him. <laughs> Boom. Thanksgiving wins. That's right. Goodness, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be saying. I think it's Patreon. Patreon, hey guys, go go to the Patreon and give us a couple bucks. It's a weird outro. We've done this and we're doing it again for you, the people, and for us. How about throwing a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any bucks helps us out. We appreciate it. And everybody's done in the past. Big thank you to all of you. You are the best. You are the reason we keep on living and having such a good time with the show. Thanks a bunch. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And for everybody else who's donated or just done anything in any other way, you know, via the socials, you're all awesome, too. Everybody's awesome. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the very next episode, which now I'm all confuzzled because I have to think that this is dropping around around the 23rd. So the next time you'll hear us will be the 30th, which seems like a whole age away, an eon away. But regardless, you can find that episode on iTunes and Stitcher, on Poppy, and on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And for the second time tonight, we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do appreciate it. Just like we appreciate those five-star reviews, send us into December happy, okay? Or, hey, we're fat and full off Thanksgiving. Come on. Throw us that five-star review. Get us mentally full. Mentally full. Because you know I've got to eat those up. Oh, there they are my sustenance. They are my power. And, man, I need something to eat. I'll tell you that, boys and girls. I'll tell you that. I need something to eat. i got to eat soon. Oh. And with that, there's nothing else to say but. Shut up and sit down.